Mm. Welcome in. No punts allowed. Adam and Paige, post-draft, uh, heart of college football. I did, t- I told you the other day, I think I've said it every week on the pod for like the last two months, like I am so goddamn excited for football. Yeah. Like, I am so excited for football. Um, I, I feel like I normally after the draft, I'm like, okay, there's a little bit of a down period, but I feel like the draft was like, all right. It's here. It's over. It wasn't even, and not to be say anything against these these draftees, but it wasn't like the sexiest of draft classes. No, and I feel like it. It wasn't super exciting. I feel bad. It's exciting that they're drafted to teams, and that's awesome. But I'm just saying, it just doesn't feel like. Oh, I need a break. I'm kind of like okay, like I can consume more football. I want to know who's going to go where next year in the draft, and all those things, and who's going to play well this year. Um, in terms of college football, also a funny, we were, I was discussing with some coworkers about the draft, um, this year. And like, we looked back at like our draft projections before the college football season last year and like Spencer Rattler and like Sam Howell. And like, those are, it's so crazy that the conversation yeah. changed so much through the year, um, that I feel like we're going to have another year kind of like that. I feel like. Will Anderson and Bryce Young change things, but I will say that it it makes me excited for the year to see who's going to like break onto the scene out of nowhere. Oh yeah, I love twenty twenty three mock drafts are the shit, man. Uh, let's, I'm yeah, screw this. Like, let's talk about Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson. Yeah. I will say, I will be surprised if all three of those guys aren't selected in the top ten. Um, Full stop. Like those dudes are awesome. So, yeah. uh, but then, yeah, we've got Kentucky quarterbacks being mocked into top tens. We've got uh, like this is where shit gets weird, right? Like Brock Purdy of Iowa State was once a first round pick. So, yep. um, but this is why we do what we do. This is why we love what we do. So, yeah, you hit on the draft. Let's just. Uh, I will say my Jets like looked. I really am happy, Paige. Like overall, I know we you know talked. Kind of late in the week last week, yeah. the Jets didn't fuck it up, uh, and they may have like so it was hard for them to fuck this up with all the draft capital. I was really yeah. happy with my football team for one night, and it's weird, by the way, to have people complimenting the Jets. Like people are like, "Hey, man, like your team like didn't fully embarrass you," and it's like, "Hey, hey, thanks, pal, Pre- appreciate it." So the Jets were fun. And then my other thing, like just the quarterbacks is just so strange. Like the, the NFL, just like all these teams just collectively got together and said, this class really isn't that good. And we're just going to chill. And yeah. I was surprised that the run truly never came. Yeah. And um, I will say I was a little disappointed that the first puncher off the, the board was the not the fuck? punch god. Do you have any thoughts on that? Because I know we obviously wrote, you wrote on Matt Ryder. I think I just shared them. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. No, I was, I mean, I had heard that there was like, I forget. There was some, some people talking that a, but you know, we wrote about Matt and what we wrote about is like his style contradicts the NFL style, right? Like Mm -hmm. the, the piece really talked to like NFL teams saying like, why did you come out? Because like, you know, they don't think booting the ball 85 yards is a good thing. And it kind of showed, right? Like in teams passing up and him not being selected. But then he ends up in Buffalo and Bill's Mafia and they're going to like love this dude. 
and it worked out perfectly. And and one of the things that Ariza said that really stuck with me was I would so much rather go to a contender and someone good than be selected like earlier, paraphrasing. Mm -hmm. But really talked about the importance of going to a good team. Well, buddy, it's cold as fuck, but you're on a good team. So uh, like I was happy for him because I know that was important and that, God, that worked out perfectly. Yeah, and I think something that I found interesting was that he was very honest about the fact that he knew that it didn't fit the NFL style, but he he is a player who was able to adjust as well, but also the game can adjust too, and he's maybe a little ahead of his time on it adjusting. I just thought it was interesting that, like, I wonder if it's because he was so vocal about it that that was part of it. Because I know in the past, like, when guys are trying to, like, sell themselves, you know, sometimes teams don't really love that and don't really like the challenge sure. of somebody who's willing to say, hey, I don't necessarily fit the game, but the game is adjusting and changing in certain ways. And I have other talents and skills aside from just punting that, you know, I can help with. But I, I thought it was really interesting that that was the case. It was kind of sad for us because obviously we were rooting for him. But oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it overall was a, a kind of a mellow draft, I would say. Yeah, um, yeah. I'd, I'd say, and this is a bridge to the conversation du jour in college football, but, and I think it's really fat, Justin Ross. Justin Ross, mm-hmm. Clemson wide receiver, does yep. not get drafted. Now, Justin Ross, uh, before his really bizarre and very serious neck uh, injury, it's not even an injury, it was a, you know, something just born with, right? And had to get his neck, like, surgery and everything else was the best, like, maybe the best player on Clemson, period. Like, at the time. Better than T. Higgins. Like, just an incredible player. And I remember playing him playing Alabama and was like, oh, my God, how the hell did Alabama let this dude get away because he was from there and everything else? Yeah. So so he goes undrafted, goes to the Chiefs. Again, kind of a similar thing with the rise. That's a great spot. As we talk about NIL, as we talk about getting mad at the sport, not necessarily at the kids, getting, you know, looking at the sport, trying to understand where it's going, and if it's pay-per-play, I look at I look at him and I say, here's a guy that if this happened three or four years ago, he would have made many millions of dollars, millions of dollars, and would have been, you know, in a much different position. Now, granted, he's going to be fine and God, I hope he's awesome in the NFL, and I hope he regains some, you know, form. But I find the parallel pretty interesting that here was the dude in college football, undrafted, and now we're getting all mad about NIL and everything else. And I think it's fascinating, Paige. He's another guy that I was – it's just unbelievable to see that guy not taken whatsoever. I think it's going to be interesting because I think there are guys that, like, will fall in terms of draft status and choose to go back to school because they can make money now at that level, despite maybe not being the number one overall draft pick or first round pick. They have opportunities in their like local area to be For a sure. star, even if, especially quarterbacks. Um, I think about a guy like Sam Howell. Like, again, we just talked about how he was very much in that space of like, okay, he could probably make a good amount of money at UNC. Like, even even though he was projected earlier on to be like in the main conversation of quarterbacks, like it shifts things. It does. does. shift, And um, I also think this year, this specific, probably the next like two years is a little strange just because 
there is the like one year free transfer thing. And I think that's also why NIL and then COVID having that transfer situation is just like ex- explosion central, which sort of like brings us to our next um, discussion. So I don't even know where to start if I should start on the pit side of things or the USC side of things. But I will say Jordan Addison is saying he's going to transfer from Pitt. Okay, it's not official. I think at at like very least, he he's in the portal, which portal, means yes. he can return, but he's likely not to return and exploring his options. Well, and oh, by the way, he's catching passes from Bryce Young in California right now. Which yes, is which is another element to this. So the start of this story was really that Pat Narduzzi called Lincoln Riley because he heard the USC was on the list for Addison and said, okay, he'd got some rumblings that maybe there was some tampering going on. And he was not pleased with that. And it was reported that he called Lincoln multiple times to complain about that. First, let's start with the fact that like at Pitt, this kid was developed into an excellent player, obviously award winner, all these accolades. And then now there's like a price that you could put on that talent that's developed because he wasn't like, overly recruited and all these things but now there's a money to be made and now he wants to see what his options are yes that has to be frustrating from a pit perspective for sure uh we developed this kid this is there's a part of the reason he's and this is also the like the the age-old discussion of like oh like we don't owe the school anything the school didn't owe us anything or like it's mutual it's it's so complicated, but like, let's start with Pitt. What do you, what is your thought on like from their perspective? What do you do about this kind of thing? How do you make it so that doesn't keep happening to your school and you're not getting rid of guys that you've developed and helped make great and put them on a a um, in a situation to be able to be looked at by USC? If that makes sense. Yeah, no. So I think um, I think it's uh, I was interacting with Pitt fans when this came out and like. They're fucking pissed. And guess what? They should be pissed. This is where NIL, like this conversation we're going to have about this one player, I think encapsulates a lot of different emotions that are all validated throughout this process. So Pitt fans mm-hmm. are really sad because they have this Blitnikoff Award winner and he's just going to transfer it out, it sounds like, most likely. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're a Pitt fan, you have every right to be mad. If you're Pat Narduzzi... You can be mad. You, you, you can be angry. You should call Lincoln Riley, which is a great visual of him just stomping around the facility, like, you know, yelling motherfucker at Lincoln Riley. I just love that. I just, that is funny to me. So I think in this instance, this frustration that Pitt is feeling, this has brought on a groundswell page of like really strong, look what the sport has become, like mm-hmm. emotions from fans. Um, and oh, by the way, Ross Dellinger, friend of the show, friend of friend of us, is you know posted a story in SI that basically said, "Hey, college football officials see this, and they're working to crack it down." Well, you've sort of opened it up, like Pandora's box is open, mm-hmm. and Pitt in this instance is on the wrong side of it. Well, let's talk about Mr. Addison. His quarterback left, his OC left, right? He, like all these pieces around him left. There be he, the the offer reportedly is like three million dollars, like something which is outrageous. 
that that is truly outrageous. Like get money. Hey, the oh wide receiver God. price tag is going up in the in yes, the pros, true. Might as well. That's true. You so so that's the reprice rep, tag. So I can say, and this is where I'm going. Yes, it feels weird, and yes, it doesn't feel right. No, the sport is not dying. No, no. it's not dying. It's it's we, we've been doing this for a while. The best players are being paid. Shocking. I I just this situation encapsulates so much, Paige, of what's going on. Pitt should be mad. This dude should be paid. USC and Alabama are going to get the best player. Like, guess what? That's how it's kind of been going, and that's the way it's going to be. And I, I'm, I'm watching it all, and I'm not necessarily loving what I'm seeing, but I'm not yeah. angry about it either. Yeah. Well, and I think the other part of this is like take money out of it, and just look at the fact that there is the the transfer rule this year. A guy like Lincoln Riley has a lot of work to do on that roster. It's not like he inherited some amazing roster and he's doing what he needs to do to get his program into For because sure. it is his job. So do should they be tampering and you know doing it in a way that you know is not professional but again the rules on this are so all over the place that it's like all right it's going to happen and like would he be as mad if this was like a, a Lane Kiffin situation where he's going to Ole Miss instead of a USC, but I think like the the trigger schools are USC, Alabama. Um, I would even, I mean, Clemson. I would say Texas too. Like those are schools that like people yeah. are going to be annoyed that Texas Texas A&M that are they're using their money to their advantage, even though that was already happening before. Like that was already we know for sure it happened at USC. I mean, like it's confirmed. So it's just interesting to me that like. I can I understand that Pitt fans are upset. I understand why Addison should go and play where he's going to make the most money now and in the future. Absolutely. Like, you're right. Like he had pieces leave and like beneficial for him overall would be moving on to somewhere. Now, you know, but go ahead, here's sorry. like we as no, no, it, like your point is right, but I think you're getting to the point of us like fans yes. and media and like we need to just fucking deal with it. Like, like the, the whole, like we need to grow up and stop complaining about like, Oh man, the sport used to be, you know, this unpaid labor, the glory days of unpaid labor, man. Those were the days when like players couldn't make shit and they couldn't leave their school. Well, guess what, buddy? It's fucking over. Grow up, go watch tennis. I don't give a shit. Like, this is what bothers me. Like, I really hearken for the days where kids were prisoners at their school and they couldn't be paid. Okay, pal. Way to go. I'm sorry your sport is – like, this is the thing. Like, oh, is this what we – look at Matt Barry for ESPN. Not to rail on him. Like, made that post. And, like, just getting – the quote tweets were a – what did he say? Seen. I didn't even see he, it. He had like Arizona State Sunday. Hold on. So hold on. Hold on. I'm going to pull also, it up. This is behind the scenes. I uh, my I accidentally unplugged my uh, computer charger. I got to make sure that that's locked in so we can okay. keep recording right, the episode. Now. So hold on. I want to make sure I get his quote in here. No, God. Because he. Okay. Here it is. People screamed, let them transfer. People screamed, pay them. Screamers never have a responsible plan to make it work. They just scream nonsense to be the loudest. Okay. This is now college football. Well done. No. Um, the, no. Okay, so here's here's my point to that. I understand what he means by people are constantly saying do this and don't have a plan. The people that are in charge 
are the ones yes. who don't have the plan. The people who are screaming the loudest on the internet actually do have some great ideas to how to make the sport better. And there act there are people that are in charge that don't. But this also sort of like moves us into um, Gene Smith sort of talking about FBS and how to figure out the situation with the playoff and all of that, which is a whole nother can of worms that needs to be fixed. But there are people with solutions. It's just not the right people. Like Mark Emmert doesn't have a plan, obviously, before he stepped down or is leaving. He didn't have a plan, and that's why it didn't get fixed. So and- it's it's complicated. Like this is the other thing. Like I don't have a fucking plan, Paige. Like I don't have a plan. Like if it was my job to have a plan, though, I would figure it out. Well, because- here's where they here's where it went. I'm just dropping too many f bombs. I'm really sorry. I, I, <laughs> I feel I feel like overly aggressive, but this is I've been thinking about this stuff all week. I'm like. Um, so it's not the alcohol. It's not a, uh, cut water promise. It's just a good old fashioned craft beer. It's not um, a cut water. I'm so mad that I didn't grab a drink. I'm, by the way, I'm still in New York and like in my hotel. This place is all clunky and everything's going, but uh, okay, it, not a cut water, no. but you're still rather, this is actually, this is our natural, um, like high of alcohol is like us getting fired up about college football things in the month I, of May. Well, we need something to get mad about in the off season. And this is like, this is perfect. I just, the whole thing, like the NCAA, rather than embrace this and foresee change on the horizon and collectively negotiate and uh, like shepherd in this new movement, lost in court. Yes. You want to blame somebody? Blame them. Lost like horribly, repeatedly in court. And didn't have the foresight to say, we need to, we need to get out in front of this or we're going to get steamrolled. Yep. That's your, that's the problem. And now it's affecting the entity, the like schools and the places that they're supposed to like help and represent. Well, also, I didn't even know this. Like I work in college sports and I really didn't know that, um, that college basketball has its own like NCAA president of college basketball operations that's in charge of things. Like college football does not have that. Correct. Which is wild to me that like the same like it's just crazy that that's that's the case and it's just I I hope and that we've I mean how many times have we heard the college football commissioner thing thrown around There are a lot of people on the internet that self proclaim themselves the the college football commissioner You would obviously horrible job by the way I thank you suck. I would not want that job You you're too I, nice You're way too nice No I but probably could do it but you're too nice No and it's like the for the sport is deeply flawed. The people's criticisms of NIL are valid. People's criticisms of players not being fairly compensated are valid. People's complaints that a coach makes $10, $11 million a year and a school teacher makes $60,000 a year, well, that's business. Like, But I get it. So it's a, uh, you know, the tampering, the all that. Like, this is wild, wild west shit. But here, there's a couple other arguments I want to just beat down now that it's a rant. Yes. To the guy out there, or girl, whoever is saying, well, now there's only going to be four teams, like five teams that compete for a title. Buddy, where you been? Where the fuck have you been? Like, what do you think is happening? And look at our rankings. Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia. A&M's trying to buy their way into that, okay? Like, and they may. But after that, it's Alabama. I had this discussion with a friend recently. Alabama. Ohio State, Georgia, in whatever order you want. That would be my order. I believe it's yours as well. Um, A&M, but A&M is doing it with money 
A shit ton of it. A shit ton mm-hmm. of money. So what exactly has changed? Is it going to become more pronounced? Maybe. I don't know how it can really become more pronounced. Like, look at the playoff. It's the same damn teams every time. So I think I, I the sky is falling crew. That's who I'm upset with. The sky is not falling. The sky is just, this is where we've been. It's just now out in the open. And we're talking about it a little bit more freely. And we're thinking that this is the end of the world. I don't think that's the case. Well, and I also hate the argument of like, where does it stop? Where does it stop compensating these players for this? And where does it, whatever. That's not how the world works. Like, that's not even how, like, if somebody wants to go out and make more money, they're going to go and do it. This is America. Like, we should the not markets be, will correct themselves. Right? Yeah, it, yeah, it'll figure itself out. Like, at some point, there's going to be a player that asks for too much. It's going to be a problem. He's going to go to a school that's smaller, and he's not going to get in the, like, draft position he wants to, and that's going to be yep. on them. Like, it'll figure itself out. Does there need to be regulations on when you can talk to guys, what you can offer, how you can offer it? Yes, there does. I also, like I said, I think we had the perfect storm of, oh, God, when it's like, you get a free year of eligibility and transfer and you have yes, I agree. and you have the ability to make money. It became the ultimate form of free agency, which is what it yes. is at this point. But I think it will be different when you do have to sit out a year. You do have to do other things. But also those rules are should be looked at. And also we shouldn't just waive things for quarterbacks. There are other people that have circumstances that the NCAA who was capitalizing on this money, um, let certain guys transfer and have waivers as opposed to guys that genuinely need it that played other positions that weren't quarterback and things like that or played for big schools. So that rule also needs to be looked at. So it's like there's so many, it, so many know, things. Arch Manning comes to mind. Oh my God. Could there be a better, af- an athlete, better position in the stage of like phase of NIL than this one? Mm-hmm. A Manning Number one player in the class, number one quarterback, uh, looking at what? Texas, Georgia, Alabama, I think, is like, and there's more. Like, oh, buddy. Like, get the pockets out. Get the wallet out. Holy, like, that that dude is lined up to make some money. Here's the thing. I think, I maybe I mentioned it on this podcast before, or maybe this is just a conversation I had separately with somebody. But in regards to Arch, I think it's going to be funny because... I think every NIL deal he has will be like a family decision. Like I feel yeah. like it'll be something that benefits like the family businesses. And I feel like the Mannings are definitely the type of people to be like, well, you know, he wants to, to continue the legacy at wherever and felt more comfortable here. He's going to take less money. So like say Georgia offers more money than Alabama. Like he wants to go play for Nick Saban and play for the greatest coach of all time. It wasn't about the money, but yeah, he's still going to be getting money. So I feel like that narrative is also going to be around and they're going to be like, it's not about the money for him. You know, it's, it's about this, but I mean, to be fair, he does have money. So like, it's not like he's worried. about Yeah. It's, it's not as, yeah. It's and different I, like, than, I like, want the to, guys I, that like Peyton Manning negotiates, like he gets to wear a Papa John's logo on his, like over, <laughs> over his heart or something. Um, he, uh, he does like, he's in the, uh, the, uh, um, I did the all state commercials with Brad Payton. Yes. Yeah, oh my yeah, god. He, oh my god. Seriously. They should. That would oh, be they so will. Funny. No, that's coming. That's like that's happening. So I we all just need to chill. Like this is this is the perfect off season. And you know what's gonna happen, Paige? I'll tell you exactly what's gonna happen. 
We're going to get all pissed off right now. We're going to okay. lose our minds. And then Bryce Young is going to throw a touchdown. I think he's going to go to Bama, by the way. Everyone's saying USC. I think it's going to be Bama. I think I a, think that would be a, a, a wonderful business decision for him. I think good, both are good again, business look, Up front, he could make probably more money at USC. They'll probably offer him more. But Alabama, you're going you're gonna to still make money now and probably make more money later. Catching passes well, from Bryce. And Young. also, like, this is like a free agency thing. Do you want the money or do you want to win a national title? Okay. But again, that also you're... puts you in a place to win more money later because you're drafting. For sure. You can't tell me the point sure. in it. And also playing in the SEC. Yes. Like, that also oh, looks good. In it just means more. Players. Are you going to drop that on me? It just no, it means, means more. No, it means more than playing against defenses in the Pac 12. Well, it does. I it means more that. than playing Cal at 9 a.m. Uh, Central time uh, on a Saturday. Actually, no. USC will never play at 9 a.m. I'm sorry. That's not right. But no, no, it, but it stands. To that point, I, it, I, I, yeah, because the other part of that story that we forgot to mention was what you did slightly mention, but is that there was the report that Addison is now working out with Bryce Young. Um, I mean, that there's nothing better than working out with an Alabama quarterback, I guess now. No, why not? Um, all right. So NIL, I feel like we're just going to discuss every week with probably yes. the same sort of Takes. anger. Do we want to talk about Nebraska football? Yes, I do. Jason, I hope you're listening. Jason. Yeah. It's your time to shine. Um, Nebraska's doing some transfer portaling, by the way. Also yes. Scott Frost got himself what the, uh, the show cause. And so I I didn't even hear about this suspension. Uh, I heard about, you know, getting dinged. So he suspended five games. Or excuse no, me, not five, five games. Days. Gotta, that's a five days. Five <laughs> days. That's kind of a big difference. In championship. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, so. What was the word that they used? Hold on. Let me look it up. The phrase. Championship. So basically, it's in season. Suspension. No, but it's in like. Yeah, like in. Does the fall count? Like, does summer, like, first week of practice count, I'm assuming? It honestly, it made me laugh so hard when I read it. Um, where is it? Yeah, oh, it says, okay, and it says a five day suspension to be served during the championship segment of the season. Nebraska fans are like, what is that? <laughs> like, championship segment. I'm sorry. We have one of those. Sorry, Jason. Yeah. Does that include losing to Illinois? Is that a championship segment? Uh, but this was because they had too many. This is also kind of a funny thing to get dinged for. It's like, first of all, they were cheating and still lost. But um, they had a coach. You could only have like 10 coaches actually like contributing. And they had a special teams violation of this. There was a coach that was helping and said something and helped during a game. That's what um, happened, right? Yes, yeah, and I. This is fine. I'm, I'm telling you right now, I like Nebraska a little bit heading into the I year. Know. I think I'm, 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 I'm not just saying that because my. I'm pretty my sure good, buddy Jason. He is an influence, is, but I like him anyways. Like I think they're going to be good. Is he your neighbor? He is my neighbor. Okay, he I just think... texted me about my lawnmower, which is currently not working. 
Oh, uh, and I'm not fun. fucking happy about that yeah, either. Today's just been a day, but I think it's um, been a day. I think Jason sneaks over to your house and like at night when you're asleep and like turns on like Nebraska affirmations to you for you to listen to while you're sleeping. Um, and it's just like playing like you will select Nebraska to be number one in your power rankings. You oh yeah, will- yeah. There's yeah, there's some of that too. Yes, he definitely comes over, sinks into your house, and turns on those affirmations for you to to root for his team at night. I'm convinced. I'm just I'm just saying. Now Scott Frost has got to win, uh, but this ain't this ain't no thing for Scott Frost. As long as he wins, uh, doesn't lose a game by single digits for a little while, I think we're gonna be good. Um, do we do we do our number eleven team now, or do we do we hold that off to the end? Also, I have a Kentucky Derby pick. I, I love the Kentucky Derby. I um, actually do too. And I, okay. okay so th- we've, we've talked about this a lot. We do want to go and host events at sporting events. I would love to have a no punts allowed Kentucky Derby oh, style. It's such a shit show. It is such um, a shit show. You've been? Oh yes. Yeah. I've done, I've been twice. I, I, I mean, again, I'm in my former life, a degenerate horse player. I love horse racing. Um, my so I love the ponies. Oh, I love I, I, I love I handicapping. I drank wine and handicapped it like last night. So I actually feel prepared for the derby. I, at the end, okay. that'll be our that'll pick. be our I, picks and pints. I but, hope that no one takes um betting advice from me because I'm in New York right now, so I'm able to do the apps and I, I set up a NBA playoff four game parlay. I just oh, got reamed last night. The first two games just absolutely destroyed my bet. Um, it was just <laughs> I love the four game parlay though. Just throwing that, like just diving right in head first. Um, oh yeah. I like full degenerate mode of like, let's do it. Let's I'm in. I, I do. We'll save, let's save the, the ranking and then we'll do Derby. Let's first talk. I know you want to talk about Ryan Tannehill and yeah. Malik Willis. Willis. And I think this is really interesting. So, so introduce the, the, if people don't know kind of what, what the vibe is here. Yeah. Essentially Ryan Tanhill, somebody asked him about mentoring Malik Willis. And he said, you know, it's really not my job to mentor him. Like we're competing against each other and we have the same film and do the same workouts and run the same drills. Like, I don't think it, like if, if he learned something from me from that, cool. But I don't think it's my responsibility to mentor him and like a ton of people were like very very upset that he said that and like made it like it was this horrible thing that he's not willing to mentor that someone he's like technically competing he's not competing for his job against but like he is if you think about it um i didn't think there was anything wrong with it because i think like there is some like healthy competition type of thing you need to have when it comes to quarterbacks on the same team, whether or not they're one is for sure going to start over the other, all those type of things. But I just think it's very, very strange that people got so mad about this. And I understand like you want to see people mentor other people, but it is not their job. It is their job actually to do their job and make create competition, which therefore will help that quarterback learn. But I think this was also like, because I know um, Aaron Rodgers made these comments with like Jordan Love and it was like, people were annoyed by that too. But I think that's also like the nature of who like Aaron Rodgers was. And I was one of those people, I was like, oh, how obnoxious of him. But now that I think about it, I'm like, all right, I see why. I think maybe they should be 
open to giving advice and maybe take them under your wing. But to say that you're like mentoring them and making sure that they are taken care of is a little far because they're still professionals I, and they're adults. It's counter to what I believe in. I'm not mad um, yes. because he's got to do what he's got to do. But like yeah. I've always been a like the I've gotten in positions I'm in because of other people who have told me what to do and how to act and everything else. So I like and and just like. Ryan Tannehill's job is to win games and as a company or whatever, you would think part of that would be to make like, he's one misstep away from this dude playing. Yeah. So like it came off as insecure more than anything else to me. Like, yeah, that's the thing. Like whether it's his job or not, he didn't come out of it looking great because it's like, are you that worried about a dude from Liberty? Like that's what it feels like. Like maybe, Maybe that's why I had such a problem with the way that Aaron Rodgers went about it because I was like, you're Aaron Rodgers. He's not taking your job. You wanted to leave and made that very clear. And like, clearly that hasn't worked out. But like, I think that's why it's different because like, I do feel like the, the, there was no competition. And I feel like in maybe in the Titans quarterback room, there is more competition, even though there's not, it's, it's not as extreme as Aaron Rodgers versus Jordan no. Love. It's a little bit closer of a gap, I would say. I'm not mad. You also don't have to say this shit. This is the other thing. You just say, yeah, he's a young dude. I'll help him out. Whether you think it or not, you just like risk sounding like an asshole. You know what I mean? Like he now is like a prick, like to a lot of people. Like People are really pissed about it. Yeah. And it's like, well, because it's like, I don't know, like, especially in a sport like that, where you would think you'd want every advantage, like, dude. Just help the guy. Like or or just say you're gonna help the guy and then be an asshole. Or, yeah. or like whatever. Like it's just and again, I, I get it. He's not alone. Other I'm sure other players people feel the same way. These guys, in fairness to him, it is so competitive for one of these starting quarterback jobs that if you get one and he's had to rebirth his career and he did it really well, like you gotta hang on to it. But it it just most of all, like whether he does it or not, like my takeaway isn't like, wow. It's wow, Ryan Tannehill's scared, like clearly scared about losing his job. Like he's gonna be a free agent soon, and like it does not come off as a position of strength. Like yeah. whatever his goal was, and maybe he's just being himself, it was not like, wow, all right, that's a that's a hardo right there. Way to go, buddy. Yeah, don't tell the young kids what to do. Like, give me a fucking break. Like Yeah. I'm just mad today, Paige. I'm sorry. I'm mad at you? everybody. You really are in like a revved up mood, which I like because like I said, most of the time you're like, you're probably one of the nicer people that I know in this yeah. world. So you don't like to ruffle feathers, but here you're like drawing some lines in the sand well, about like, how you feel. I don't know. Like I didn't know that treating people, like teaching people and helping people was an inconvenience, Ryan Tannehill. You suck anyways. Yeah. What the hell? Go Malik. Take that job, buddy. Team Malik. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Like, go Malik. I'm sorry. All right, let's rank football teams, something that's way less competitive. Um, all right, to summarize, and I always like saying all the teams. That's why um, we don't let you do it every, every uh, yeah, week. Yeah. All right, so here's where we are. We are team number 11, but to get here, you had Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, Texas A&M, Utah, Notre Dame, Michigan, Texas, and NC State. I had Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Texas A&M, Utah, Clemson, Notre Dame, Michigan, uh, Oklahoma State, and NC State. So, 
Where are you going with your team this week? Um, so I'm going to take Oklahoma State. And as I was doing a little bit of research, I remembered that they do have a new defensive coordinator and somebody that I very much respect in the sport, despite as a head coach not having great success. Derek Mason is somebody that I do think is a quality good. football coach and will bring something to that. I also think if you look at the conference and their schedule and the fact that if like he does have a lot of defensive returners coming back to to work with. So I feel like that is a, a positive. And if you can play solid defense and then you have the offense thing figured out for years now, um, you're able to win some games and and compete in that in that league. I like them. I mean, I already had them. Yes. I, I've named them already, but like, I, I get it. We don't really want to like Mike Gundy anymore, but the guy just really does well. So yeah. um, the Knowles loss is a big one, but I think they're going to be really good. Um, my team's Arkansas, 11. So a little bit Ooh, of a change. Um, Sam Pittman can coach. Uh, Sam, I really like Thank Sam you. Pittman. I really like the development of this team. And I think one of the names that people are going to hear about or should get used to hearing over the next, I don't know, couple of months and really into the fall is KJ Jefferson, the quarterback of Arkansas. That dude could really play, like really play. Yeah, he's a big guy. He can move. He was hurt some last year. Um, They were competitive in pretty much all of their games, beat Texas A&M. Their schedule sucks, right? But they're they're a game team. And the identity under – Pittman has been so much different. If you think about the, you know, just where they arrived, Bielema, it's, oh, God, it was, like, it was bad. They are, they're legit, and I really like their quarterback. Um, it's tough, tough conference to, to separate in, but I, th- I like what I see. So I get Arkansas there. Um, okay, so Kentucky Derby. Um, are you, so obviously, drink, I'm gonna, do you, I got to ask you an alcohol question. Okay. Have you had a mint julep? No. They're terrible. They're horrific. I feel like I'm not a huge mint. Yeah, just what's wrong with bourbon? Bourbon. I'm a huge bourbon person, so for me, it's like bourbon. Um, yes. Uh, mint juleps are disgusting. First and foremost, that's a take. Since I'm just going to be crabby the whole show. Um, but I really do like this race. And I have some very quick handicapping thoughts. So there is, okay. there doesn't feel like an elite race. First off, it's supposed to rain. So when I, as of last night, when I was looking at this, it's supposed to rain, which is very interesting. Now, the Derby is a bunch of young horses. There is a horse page named Happy Jack. Uh, I have a son named Jack, so I feel obligated to bet this oh. horse. The problem is he's very bad. He's not a very good horse. My son, good most of the time. Happy Jack, uh, not so good. But my pick, and I'm going to bet, I, I like, I do some weird shit, exactus trifectus in this race. Taiba, 12, is going to be my pick. Okay. He's only run two races. He was purchased for $1.7 million. This is a $1.7 million horse. And the horse has run two races and just been amazing in both of them. Really good speed numbers and everything else. So I won't get into the whole horse racing jargon. But it's does, a really fun race. Um, does, um, and, and, does Bob yeah. Baffert have a horse that can Well, he can't. So, so he can't. So he's um, – it's funny you ask that because this horse that I like was previously trained by Bob Baffert 
And instead, hey. his former his former stable like right hand man is training him, which feels very shenanigany, but whatever. It's horse so, racing. Lots of things are shenanigans. Yeah, so horse racing has no. For sport. those who don't know, um, who but yes, I like this horse, and I like some of the other horses even that Bob Baffert used to work with. Yes, I was so, going to say for those who don't know who Bob Baffert is, he he trained American Pharaoh, right? And, oh, and he's a huge friggin' cheater. Um, um, hey, hey, hey! You know what? He's also an Arizona Wildcat. Oh Jesus! I I knew I was about to get Sean Millard right there in some <laughs> capacity. <laughs> I could Sean feel, Millard. I could that feel just amazing. your your hand things. placement. I was like, yeah. oh no. There's certain there's certain things that like I will argue in sports a lot about. Like I did even this week. Like I don't love Chris Paul, and I have a. I respect him as a player, but like, there's a lot of things, but like I, the fact that you just said getting Sean Millard, like that is what I'm going to use as like the way to describe if I like, I'm going to go Sean Miller on you right now because yeah, like, I'm I can gonna, just feel it. I, I can just, I'm getting, this is more time in the pod. I just know when you're going to, I'm going to get not lectured. That wasn't it. You're just like, Oh, you better watch. But, watch but unlike Sean Miller, Baffert is, is a, a cheater. cheater. That's true. An actual cheater. There you go. That. I'm oh, softening that. A real, um, a real cheater as opposed to a, a framed cheater. Okay. I I will say Saturday night, I Kentucky Derby is on, and then it's UFC 274, and it's a really good card. There is going to be. Uh, I think I'm going to make yellow hammers first of all. Announcement: uh, the Alabama drink. That's like my go-to. You like doing that. Yeah, I haven't done it in a couple of months, so I think it's time, and there's going to be some beers. Um, so I'm excited. I love and it. then it's going to be fun. So, yes, And then, Derby, by the way, don't get a too hungover Mother's Day the next day. I've got a Mother's Day breakfast around like 9 a.m. Nice. And that's probably not going to go particularly well. Get uh, some just, like liquid IV or body armor to have next yeah, to your bed. And I'm going to start, start hydrating right now. Is what I'm yes. going to start doing too. So, all right. Great call. Any, anything else we got? I'm sure NIL will break and uh, everything else. But uh, yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah. I'll be back home this week, next week's podcast episode. And then I'll, I might be on the road again. Um, what do we got beer wise? What are we drinking? Oh, you know what? Thank you for bringing that up. I did the picks, but not the pint. So this is Son of Juice. Always my favorite can. Wait, I'm covering the best part. Where is this pants? It's a pants with like a tap coming out of the pants, which sounds a little sexual when I say it like that. It's not meant to be sexual. You can see the can. Maybe <laughs> slightly sexual. It's not. Uh, like it's just people listening to the pile like, what? What is wrong no. Yeah, no, just the normal stuff. So, yes, a little son of juice, and I'm going to be stopping on the way home to partake. Definitely, it's a, it's a red wine evening, I think. So, um, safe travels to you. For Paige, I'm Adam. We will talk to you guys next week. Thank you.